The real estate industry is reacting to the Zillow showing time deal. We've got four key ones next on Tool Time. I'm Tom Tool. She's Sarah Time, and we are back on another snow day edition here on Tool Time. And with all this snow and everything kind of shutting down, the only thing people are talking about right now, besides all the coronavirus vaccine you know, mistakes that are being made all over the country, is the Zillow showing time deal, right? I mean, are you hearing yeah. about anything else right now, Sarah? No, I mean, it's not unusual that Zillow is, you know, top of the news again, but it's, it's been all Zillow and Showtime, for sure. Well, and, and there's some like ancillary stuff I'll weave in that I'm seeing from like local team leaders and what's going on with Bright, but people are losing their mind. I mean, they, they, are, they are losing their mind about this, which concerns me on a lot of levels for realtors, probably good for teams like us, because we're focused and we know what we need to do. But what we want to do today on the show is there, there's four different reactions we found that were pretty pertinent and also kind of all over the board that we're going to break down and kind of talk about and see who's right, who's wrong here. So let's get into the first one and we'll kind of group this together. It's Keller Williams and it's Gary Keller and Josh team where Gary Keller came out and they had their family reunion, which is like their big virtual conference. It would be in person. And Gary Keller basically said, Hey, this is a fight. And then Josh team came out and said some other things about owning their leads and how they need to fight against Zillow and Zillow's the villain. What do you think about all this? Yeah, so I mean, I think their reaction to it has been different than some of the other reactions that we've seen. I think their, theirs has been much more of like a, a fight reaction. Um, they're, they're kind of trying to go against it. Um, I mean, my take is that this really isn't something that is going to be a huge, huge disruptor. I mean, tech has been a, a disruptor for, for years now, and we've talked about that a lot on the show about how tech is constantly disrupting. So sure, in that sense, it's, it's doing that, but I don't, I don't think that it's necessary to, to fight back. And I think he was talking about kind of reaching out to your local um, MLS uh, sites and, and kind of trying to uh, talk to them about all the different rules and what's, what's going on, where in reality, I, I don't know that that's necessary, um, but that was definitely their take on it. Well, yeah, and, and I, I, what I see here is, and there was a couple of things I pulled from their reaction, uh, specifically Josh team, but Gary Keller, I mean, he's been going on stage for years saying, hey, Keller Williams has won the tech war and, you know, we're going to own our leads. And, and here's the thing when anyone says that, and I've said this, I mean, probably hundreds of times, just, just to you and the rest of our team, the leads out there, they're not your leads. They're not just your leads. They're other people's leads, too. It, just because you take a listing doesn't prevent someone else from selling the listing. And that is a fixed mindset. And it's a major problem, anyone that says that. So then Josh team went on to say like, hey, our leads in the, in the KW Connect, which is their CRM that every brokerage has, they only cost $1.91 versus the industry average of $12. I would question conversion rate on those because just because the lead cost per lead's low, how high are they converting? Because I know Zillow leads convert a lot higher than other lead sources that, that happen. So that's one observation there. Uh, and you know, he's basically saying like, hey, end the partnership. And he's talking about maybe even the second photo on a listing featuring the listing agent, which to me is ridiculous because nobody cares who the listing agent is. The buyer wants to buy the property. That is bad marketing. So I get what well, they're And half from. the reason that they're going to Zillow and that they're looking at all of the things online is to like, 
do their due diligence first before even having to be involved with a realtor. So like, yeah, they don't, at this stage in the game, like they don't need to see that as picture number two. And, and that'll go on to, to Brad Inman's reaction here in a second, which I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to talking about. But to your point, like nobody wants that. That is dated thinking. And if you think just because you take a listing, like you were doing the seller a disservice if you want everyone to run through you. Because no matter what happens, some buyers, they're never going to call the listing agent. It's like calling your husband or your wife's divorce attorney. Like it's just a bad move. They, you don't have any representation. So I get what they're doing. And what I look at is, Who's Keller Williams audience, right? And I think that's what you got to frame all these reactions in. They're looking for newer agents. They're looking to help people get off the ground with their career. And of course, they're going to say, hey, our leads are better. Zillow's the bad guy. You can make more money here. I get all that. Uh, is, is it a fight? I don't know that it's a fight because Keller Williams was the disruptor 10, 15 years ago. I mean, I saw it happen on the front lines in our marketplace when they came to our market and they pulled people away from companies like Remax and Berkshire Hathaway and all these major brokerages that are out there. So Zillow's just doing what a business should do, which is get into real estate, try to take market share, and sell some houses. So their view, I, I get it for who their audience is. I don't agree with it. Sounds like you're on the, same, on the page. same page. Yeah. All right, cool. Next one. All right. So uh, Brad Inman, who runs the website Inman.com, he came out with an opinion article that said, hey, blame your leaders for what's happening with Zillow. And the context of the article was, a lot of these companies haven't innovated and Zillow saw an opportunity in the marketplace. So what do you think about all that? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's interesting. Um, I guess you, you could say blame your leaders, um, but at this point, like Zillow's the one that has like taken the initiative, they have innovated. So also kind of know where to and who to grow with. Um, again, we've said a lot, like, don't put all of your eggs in one basket. Don't like link everything to Zillow. But like, if they're, if they're the ones that are going to be growing and offering different things, you kind of have to learn how to, to grow and work with them in order to make it work for you rather than fighting against it. Um, and who knows down the line, what will, what will come of this, uh, purchase and of, you know, of them managing Showtime. For the short term, they've said that nothing is going to change with it. Um, so, you know, I think there's like a little bit of, of panic here over at this point, nothing. <laughs> well, and, and I think, you know, the context of the article was that, and I agree with you. I mean, this is like, we're not going to, you and I are not going to sit here and stop Zillow from coming to our marketplace or decide who Bright's going to use for scheduling showings. And, you know, there is some convenience to showing time. I mean, I come from a time where I had to call the office of the listing agent to schedule the appointment and then get a combination, right? Like that is a time waster. So if you're thinking as a, as a real estate agent, you want to be able to click book, see when you can show a home. I mean, that's really effective given the speed of the market, and especially right now, because with the pandemic, and you've told me this many times, you can actually see the showing slots fill up on showing time. So you're able to, instead of calling back and forth and dealing with all this nonsense, it's more efficient. We're, what, what Brad says there is that, I mean, he said that the, specifically in the article, there was a real estate executive that called him and was like whining that his agents were losing their mind and all that stuff. I think that's every agent right now, or at least the majority of them. And, you know, the problem is most of the real estate companies, like the big companies that are out there, they haven't provided the tech. They haven't delivered tech. And, you know, people go to Zillow because it's, it's, it's one of the best websites out there, right? I mean, Redfin's the other one. And if you want to talk about disruption, what's Redfin doing? I mean, that's another really good website. 
but you go to all the other companies' websites, I don't think anything's that special. And that's why you see a lot of top producing teams, they don't go to their company for their website, they go outside. There's companies like Boomtown, um, Sierra Interactive, Commissions Inc., all these different um, um, websites that are out there that people go to embrace the search because it's a lot more consumer friendly, it's a lot more functional. So in that way, I, I, I say that he's right because these big companies, they kind of, you know, they, they focused on too much old school stuff instead of providing people with something that they could you know, look at the, look at the back end and, and be really intuitive because, you know, we get the Zillow app notifications on our phone when someone goes in. We also use Boomtown and you can see like, okay, here's what people are doing on the site. I mean, how much does it help you as an agent? And you're just not getting that from, from most big brokerages. Right. And I mean, ultimately you need to go with what's seamless and what works. And like, that's, that's where you're going to go and that's what you're going to use. Um, so yeah. <laughs> well, and, and kind of another point to that too, is you think about like all the movement we've seen from like brokerage to brokerage. What if you're a team lead or you're running a team or you're doing your own thing, you're an independent agent and now you don't work at XYZ brokerage anymore and all your people are in their CRM and that's not portable. Right. So you know, there, there is some limitations there where Zillow doesn't discriminate based on the brokerage. And that's again, where, you know, they, they, there's not, you know, I, I mean, I'm a big fan of the third party stuff. Like I know where their loyalty is and it's to us and to our team. And that, that makes a lot of sense. So, you know, the other thing too, the MLSs could have done this stuff. Like if they wanted to be a little easier to work with, the MLSs could have made it easier for people to search on their site, but they didn't want to do that. And a lot of old school realtors said, well, we got to protect the data. We got to make sure that everyone you know, only can come to us. And that is small thinking. So it's not just the leaders, but I, to me, it's also the people that are running the boards and running the MLSs. They want to like keep everything under lock and key. It's 2021. That's not how it works. All right. So Inman was right. Keller Williams, a little off base, but we know their message. So the third one is, is Nick Bailey, who's um, on a C-level exec with, uh, with Remax. And um, what he came out and said is, don't panic, right? Uh, this is another example of a tech company acquiring another tech company. So what do you think about that one? Yeah, I mean, it's the, same, it's the same story that we've seen over and over again in so many different areas, um, you know, not just within the last year, but in the last several years. And it's, there's no, there's no need to like go out and panic. We don't know. Nobody can read the future. We don't know what this is going to look like down the line. All that we know is that the way that uh, it was acquired and the way that the purchase went through was that privacy would still be in place, that they still need to follow all of the rules that are currently in place there, and that they're not going to be like discriminating against any brokerages or, or changing the way that anything is. Who knows down the line what eventually could end up happening as things continue to change and evolve. But as of right now, there's really no reason to, to completely freak out. Like everything is still working as it did, you know, a couple weeks ago. <laughs> well, and, and that's a great point. I, and I think you got to look at this as like the people that panic, like that's the leadership. And those are the people that are most susceptible to being disrupted. Because if you really got a good plan, right? And you know, I've seen you do this. I've seen other people in the industry do this. When you keep your head down and execute and know that there's always going to be this stuff outside trying to disrupt you from wherever you're trying to get to, you're going to be well served. And you look at what Remax does and they're a lot different, right? I mean, it, it, Remax was a big innovator back in the 80s when, you know, you and I were kids, like literally babies and, and infants. And, um, 
what, what, what they were innovative for is they were looking for the agent who is a little more experienced, that doesn't need a sales meeting every week, that doesn't need all this handholding and support, but rather the people that are a little more entrepreneurial in the business. So while other companies have grown a lot, Remax's their agent count's been steady, especially during the number of realtors in the industry ballooning right now. You know, they're working with more veteran agents. So if you think these people haven't seen disruption before, like I remember when there was like the discount brokerages, that was like a big deal. And they're still out there. They're just different names now. Um, you know, all this stuff that's happened, Keller Williams coming to the market. I mean, all these people, you know, now you got EXP and companies like that. You got Zillow. This is any business is going to have disruption. And what, what Nick said in his comment, which I really liked, was that, um, you know, Zillow's North Star is the consumer, which is absolutely correct. They, they will come out and say that. Um, that being said, I know they feel the consumer doesn't get what they deserve a lot of times from realtors, which I don't know about you, but I wouldn't necessarily disagree with. I mean, we see what goes on with these other agents that we got to deal with and how we have to navigate them. And the barriers to entry in our business are really low. So Zillow can get in pretty easily. These are all facts. These aren't things that are to be disputed. And you know, what I know is that you know, Zillow, they're going to do their thing, right? They're, they're a company that's out there. They're going to disrupt. The point is, if you've got a solid plan, this is my, what we need to pivot a little bit, and that'll get us to the next reaction in a second, but how are you going to adjust to this? Because it's just another tech company buying a tech company, and they're trying to make their process easier. And a lot of people, they kind of point to Expedia, which is the company Richard Barton ran before. I will say there's a little bit of a difference buying a house versus buying a plane ticket. Your thoughts? Yeah, I agree. I mean, there's... Now, at the time when Expedia became a thing, like that was a huge, a huge new thing that was offered. And Zillow certainly has, um, you know, adapted and they've invented and made some different ways that were not options to the consumer before. So there certainly are similarities in that um, they're making waves and they're making things easier on the buyer and the consumer. But in the home purchase, it that is very different than than buying a plane ticket. There are so many different um, things that, that go into it. Um, so I think that there will, at least for a very long time, always be a need for for an agent and for guidance. And um, while there's certainly an appeal there to be able to do a lot on your phone, on your computer, um, and just different you know, research and, and finding things out on your own before you, before you get out the door and are physically walking into any properties, there is absolutely a need for an agent there. And if, if that iBuying process is going to outdo you as an agent, then you probably haven't been doing enough as an agent. If, if, a, if a simple click and buy can provide a better service than what you were providing, then they probably should just click and buy, you know? So... I and there's people that are going to want that, right? And I mean, I think, you know, Zillow, if they, when, when they, I don't think there's any question, they're going to start to penetrate the market and have salaried salespeople. This is what's coming, right? Um, and Redfin's doing it right now too. Like those Redfin agents that are out there, they get used and abused by consumers. However, I don't know, that's the kind of people that I would want to work with or you would want to work with. And I think there, there's some people that, you know, I, I look at myself as a consumer when I'm doing anything outside my own job, right? Like I'm buying a car or I'm, I'm like, Hey, tell me what to do. This is what I want. Give me the options. Let's go. I don't really have time for this. I'm trusting you. And there's going to be people that want someone else to handle things because I know most of the time when a consumer or a client doesn't listen to me, it usually doesn't go well. Like it, it doesn't work out in their favor. And 
you know, there, there's some people that want to do it on their own and they feel like they're going to be able to, when I get that at the same time, you know, it, it's not, it's not a plane ticket. Right. And like the even, and we saw a little bit of this during the pandemic, right. There was people buying homes virtually and doing all that, but what was always in the contract was once we can get access, this is contingent upon taking a walk through the property. Rarely was someone not, not putting that in there. Um, so even during that time where we had to go virtual because there was no other option, you know, this isn't a vacation market. You know, I mean, we're in a little bit of a different spot. So of course, some people are going to do it. And this is where you got to look at yourself and say, how can I remain relevant in a world with this much noise? Because this is one of the few industries that hasn't been disrupted by tech. So, you know, this is, this has been a long time coming and I just think this is going to speed things up. And that, that, that's really where we are. All right. So we like his reaction. That's good. So here's the fourth one. Then I have like a bonus one I'm going to throw in at the end here, just some, some information I just got here. So um, Tom Ferry, we know Tom, right? Uh, big fans of Tom. He, uh, he came out and said, hey, Zillow's going to keep Zillowing. That's what he, the word he used on his live video that he sent out. I think I sent it to all you guys. Came out with a blog post today. It's basically like, so what? And he turned it around and said like, hey, they're going to do their thing. What are you going to do as an agent? What do you think about that one, Sarah? Yeah, I mean, I think there's you as an individual or you as a brokerage or like you're not going to change what Zillow's doing, you know? So like Zillow will do Zillow and you need to kind of roll with the punches, figure out where you can stand out, where you can help your clients, where you can use what Zillow's doing to your advantage and where you can take some of the things that maybe you don't like about their process or whatever and pivot that to show why you are relevant to uh, to your client. Because at the end of the day, like the client's the one that's going to be the one that's deciding who to work with and, and what to do, what type of guidance they need. And, um, you know, you need to use the things you like about Zillow to your advantage and, and kind of pivot and, and adjust on, on the other areas. 100%, right? Now, I'm going to take it a step further that there was a world where Zillow didn't exist. Like, I feel like I'm like a, 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 a movie that the guy at the movies that goes like the in a world, like, you know, like the whole thing. <laughs> there was a world where this didn't happen, right? And um, so Tom, uh, and he's been talking about this for a while. He, uh, at, at the virtual success summit this year, he had Gary Vaynerchuk come on. And I know we, we talked about this a lot internally where it basically said to avoid disruption, there's a couple things. You have to, you know, brand beat, beats technology, right? So your local brand, whatever brand you have, you can outmaneuver technology and your reputation is going to help you. So you look at that, right? And to me, it's all about how did people do business before Zillow? And probably one of the reasons why Gary Keller is so upset is a lot of the teams that, and a lot of the, the people at his firm, they were spending tons of money on Zillow and literally became a portal-based operation, meaning they weren't generating any business organically. It was all coming in through Zillow or some other referral network. And that's, and now they have to pay the referral fee. That's how it works, right? So the reason why he's probably so upset, his agents are relying on it. Nick Bailey, on the other hand, you know, those are people that have been in the business 20, 30 years, um, and they're used to working their sphere. Geographic farming, expired listings for sale by owners, all these things that people did and there's tech to support that but it wasn't hey here's my money give me x amount of leads right so right. that alone I, I think is the first thing secondly what tom's talking about is in order to have any good business you've got to have a couple different lead pillars because one could go south at any moment right 
Uh, you know, who, who knows how it goes. But like to me, it's your sphere is number one. And we've been on a big campaign to protect our database. We talk about this all the time. Then there's some sort of way for you to generate listings. Zillow didn't generate a lot of listings. So that alone, like when you list, you last in this business. That to me is how you leverage everything. We talk about this all the time internally. And then, you know, some sort of internet lead is, is a great way to get things going and acquire clients. But what do you do with that person afterwards, right? Like what's your, what's your process like after you sell them the first home? Are you going for the second, the third, the fourth transaction? And that's where most people miss. They're one and done. And most agents don't keep in touch after the transaction anyway. So everything Tom's talking about is like, hey, get back to basics, run your business like a business. And even if Zillow takes 10% of the market share, which would be bananas, you still got 90% of the homes left to sell yourself. So I think what he's saying, I mean, will probably be like 10% of the population actually does it like everything else. That's probably the most relevant message here out of anybody is, look, they're going to do their thing. And he's not in competition with them. So he can speak a little more freely and his client base is a little different. They come to him for like, he's like a consultant, right? You get the outside advice. He comes in, fixes the company, then they're out or you keep working with them. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, yeah, you have to have different sources that you're getting your stuff from. You have to have, we talk about sweat equity a lot. Um, and yeah, it would be very silly to ignore the fact that there are inbound leads coming in through some of these different sources. Yeah. Like, take them. Absolutely. But don't have that be the only way that you're, that you're getting business or you are kind of backing yourself in a corner. Well, yeah. And that's, that's any, like any company is set up that way is set up to fail, right? That's why companies like Blockbuster are out of business because they didn't innovate, right? Kodak, same thing. Like, I mean, you know, they thought digital cameras and Netflix was a joke and guess what happened? They're out of here. They're gone. So I think Tom's advice is really pertinent here. I like what Nick said. Don't panic. You know, blaming your leaders. I mean, I'm not one that I always blame myself for everything that goes wrong anyway. Like even when it probably isn't necessary, I, I just, there's something I could have done differently. And you know, Gary Keller, he's got, he's got a big company to run. I get it. He's got to send that message out. So this all makes sense. The last thing I'll share with you, and I, I, this email like just came across my inbox here while we were talking is that, so apparently Bright MLS is now like, we're looking into other options besides showing time. So wh ah. what do you think about all this? Like, I mean, what do you, I mean, that's all the news I have, but what do you think about that part, Sarah? That's pretty interesting to me. Yeah, that is interesting that they're that they're reacting to it there. I would be curious to see what other options they're looking into, what type of time frame um, that would look like, and really how a transition would would work and what that would look like. Um, and I guess if all of uh, you know, of all different listings and of all the things that are available through Showtime would still be available through these other sources and just kind of how it would play out. We would definitely need a lot more information. But that is interesting that that was a pretty quick turnaround and a pretty, pretty quick reaction that they had there. Yeah, well, and, and so here, here's the four bullet points from the email. And this is like real time, this is happening. Um, and Bright's a pretty influential MLS. They're one of the larger ones. Like they're not just like they're in Virginia, they're in DC, they're down in Maryland, South Jersey. Um, as well as Pennsylvania and the greater Philadelphia area. So number one, it's uh, nothing has changed with showing time, which I, we've heard that before with their privacy policy. And they do have like a user agreement. I mean, that's any tech company has that. So that's number one. And plus it, the deal hasn't even been approved yet. Um, number two, you will have choice. You will have a choice with showing solutions, right? As in final discussions with central lock to provide the new central key showing service to both um, subscribers to both Super and Central Lock will be able to use the Central Key. I guess I was talking about the electronic keypad and they're vetting several other solutions that may continue to expand their showing service offerings at this time. 
Number three, system updates are happening now to prepare to support multiple shelling services. And four, this one's interesting. Bright is evaluating its own showing service so they can provide you things that are controlled by the MLS. So what do you think about this? I mean, this is like pretty exciting here. We got some real news breaking on the show while we're recording it. Live. <laughs> yeah, live. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's exciting. I, I'm curious to see how it, all, how it all plays out. Now, when they were talking about the electronic showing options, I mean, I know currently like Supra is the big one that's out there and is always used. Um, could you elaborate a little bit more on what the other, the other ones were that were just mentioned? Centralock, which, um, uses a center key. I don't even know what this is. Um, let's go to their website here real quickly. So it, it's, it's basically, uh, it's like a showing management service. There's an app. It, it's, it's a, it's a competition with showing time. That's what it is. And I think there's a, here we go. Here's what the picture looks like of the lockbox. So it's a different lockbox. You can see that it's like electronic with like a keypad which to me is really important because sometimes with these electronic lockboxes, like people in Delaware County don't buy the electronic lockbox. This is like a fact, this, this drives me crazy. And then they call the office and say, hey, I, I, you know, I can't get in. Can you meet me out there? And to me, that's like, how are you even a realtor doing that? So the fact that there's like a code you can put in and it's electronic and there's probably like an app, that looks a little more exciting to me. Uh, I think this is what these people are going to have to do. If they're worried about showing time, you got to, provide solutions, not sit here and whine and complain. Yeah, definitely. So everyone's freaking out about showing time. That's all we talked about today. Here's the good news. We got some solutions here. We broke it down. Sarah gave some great insight. So if you're watching this, you're in real estate, you know what to do. If you're not, just get ready for a wild ride because there's going to be more of these mergers coming and people are going to continue to do this stuff every week. I'm telling you, this is not going to stop. And this is the disruption of real estate, but there's still a lot of great people out there. Catch everyone next week. Thanks for watching.